0: Hey everybody, Con Artist here. We're back for bi weekly podcast number six, our very last bi weekly podcast for fall twenty sixteen. So the we're here, final we made podcast. it podcast. The final podcast. Until next time. Until it'll be, next like, time, time. be like Final Fantasy, you know, it'll never end. It'll so, be, yeah. It's all a lie. Um okay so uh yeah we're here to talk about some of our shows are closing um you know they finished up and some of our shows are continuing i'm looking at you classical lords (laughs) so why i know why so we'll have to we'll talk about all of it so dan and to keep with the rhythm uh you already finished blood of war so you can't talk about it which means i get to talk about yuri on ice there you go (laughs)
1: let's cut out the uh let's cut out the filler here
0: Let's cut out the trash and, and talk about Yuri on Ice. Okay, so I'll be talking about uh, Yuri on Ice episodes 11 and 12. Uh, it, it, the Grand Prix finishes up, so we we end. Uh, the winners are selected. I'm not going to spoil who comes in first, second, third. But it's it's a struggle till the end. You watch every single skater you know, fall on their own sword or succeed in their own way. And I, I think there's something just genuinely beautiful about these final two episodes because you know you watch certain characters who just have nothing to lose come out of the gate and do such great performances that they cry at the end and characters that had it all just bottom out completely and uh you know but they still have arrogant
2: canadian guy yeah take that king
0: jj (laughs) <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's really them playing off of the crowd and just everybody cheering for them. And I think in the craziest way, it's it's one of the truest displays of like sport, really like garnering love from the people around you, I guess. It it was it's hard to describe cuz it was almost like one of those motivational movies or something you're like oh my gosh like everybody's cheering for canada even though he's kind of a jerk it's okay like you're secretly cheering for canada too you're like come on canada don't don't screw it up at the very end you can do it so um Three it was Americans it was nice can power through
2: anything i believe yeah it. it was
0: it was really like i think so much love gets poured into these last two episodes for everybody and and you know speaking of love it's it's really the love of uh, Japanese Yuri and Victor that that comes out at the end. There's really a dramatic sequence for eleven and twelve where uh, Japanese Yuri is considering retiring. He's like, "This is it. Like, I've I've really achieved everything. I I think I want to achieve." Victor was my coach. Like, it's it's great. And there's sort of a a selfish motivator in there. He wants Victor to actually go back to competitive skating because Victor. I don't know. He's really sure why he took time off, but. There's, there's this amazing moment where Victor is like, well, I don't know that I want to go back to competitive skating. And so Yuri gets out and he does his his skate. And as he's skating, his monologue in his head is, Victor, watch me skate. Watch the you that exists inside of me. The competitive you that made me this good. And it's just like all of his love is pouring out to Victor. And like without words, through skating, he conveys all of this love. So it's... It's so pretty, and I sat there, you know, kind of with my hands cupped over my mouth, and I was, I was like, almost ready to cry. I was like, this is a beautiful, beautiful way to end this show. So, I'm, I'm actually in the weird boat where I hope they don't make a sequel because this show is just so nicely put together, and, you know, ends, ends on episode twelve, and you are, you are very happy. It was beautifully done. Uh, if I had one criticism of the show, it's really that it never teaches you any figure skating <laughs> um that i know for for all of all that it does beautifully it does not teach you any figure skating so uh, while the show, for most of it, is is nicely animated, it's not nicely animated enough that these spins that they're doing in midair have a lot of distinction to them. So when they're spinning and the judge is like, oh, triple lutes, quadruple salco, double toe loop, you're like, I literally have no idea what you're saying right now. <laughs> like, I know the terms over rotation because I enjoy figure skating and I've watched it in the Winter Olympics, but... The show never took the time to explain a lot of its technical terminology, and it should have taken the time to do that, because if you were going into it for the sport, you lost out. So that'd be my only criticism, but if you did not check out Yuri on Ice and you are in any way remotely curious about it, it's it's definitely worth the time. It tells a beautiful story, has a beautiful relationship. High, high on my recommendation list. Sweet. Mm, nice, nice.
2: All right, very good. What's next? Hmm...
0: Is it Gundam time? Or we want to have are a girlish remember?
2: number? Sure, let's do some Gundam time. So, uh, Gundam, I mean, it's not over. So I guess there, this is a 25-episode thing, and this was episode 13 that I'll be covering. Uh, but it definitely had a very good ending point for this half of the season. So it really felt like they were kind of wrapping up uh, an arc. So I think last time I was talking, they had awakened to this ancient weapon, this mobile armor. Uh, and they are fighting it, and... Uh, I mean, in episode thirteen. You know, of course, as you might imagine, they defeat it. It does not, in fact, exterminate all human life. <laughs> uh, Thank goodness.
0: I know, right? That would have
2: been kind of a downer for the next twelve episodes.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Where do uh, we go of from here? The guns? real,
2: the real interesting thing, of course, is in the way that they defeated it. Because, as I had said, like you know, if these guys from the Seven Stars, uh, if one of them defeats it, like it sure changes the balance of power. At the same time, like Tekadon, the group we're following, like if they are able to defeat it, then like it really shows how strong they are compared to these other guys, and that they could be partners uh with Galahorn as opposed to sort of their, their pawns. Uh so again, yeah, I won't spoil what happened, but it's an it's an interesting ending, and then actually pretty much the second half of the episode is spent on the aftermath. Like a lot of there's a lot of sort of pieces in motion, and this has set a lot of stuff uh going and also changed sort of the the ideological, you know, trek, or I guess uh, arc, of some of the characters in the show have been changed by this. Uh, there still isn't a lot of Cudelia time. She'd be the female lead that was, like, kind of a lot bigger in season one. She continues to kind of be on screen, but they're mostly watching events from afar. Uh, so this was a lot more about the guys, like the organization, and uh, sort of their relationship with the the larger powers that are out there in space. I'm not going to lie, was... that's
0: that's a little disappointing. And I mean, Gundam as a whole is a massive sausage fest, but hmm. I think Cordelia was was a really interesting character and I enjoyed listening to you talk about her when we you talked more about season one. So it's a little disappointing that she's been totally sidelined now as though it, it went back, reverted in a way, to that classic Gundam sense of like, all right, the female character is off somewhere doing a thing nobody cares about.
1: When I first saw the the uh, beginning, I'd say two or three episodes, that was actually a fear I had. And one of the reasons that I don't think I continued forward was because listening to her, I was like, I can already project this character's entire trajectory, and it doesn't end with her being as important as she should be.
2: Right. I think what's... So you can't tell what they're really setting her up for. So like in season one, she was this revolutionary and idealist. And now, basically, like she's in middle management like right. sort of like she's she's the she's the leader of a company or n g o basically that's advocating for the liberation of the colonies, but she's no longer on the battlefield, she has to sort of fight a battle of like you know phone calls and meetings and right she's fighting rumoring. the
0: political side of of the affair. And, to
2: a degree, that's sort of been the story of second season. Like the guys in charge of Tekadon have to learn how to like run a business and deal with people that you can't just deal with by fighting them. Uh, we're just seeing a lot less of it from her angle, but I kind of feel like they're going to bring her back eventually. Like, and and uh, we'll see how her arc ends. But maybe not. I mean, I I expect they will though. So we'll see. But uh, overall, still strong. Recommended. That's good. Sweet. So how about that girlish number so how's, how how's about the, that making girlish a terrible number?
1: anime <laughs> uh well it their their terrible anime did get a second season so um what of course it did <laughs> yes they are they are still working uh they're still working through that um, did they
2: unleash like a bombardment of cat girls or like what what was their what was their secret plan
1: they actually didn't really get into it like the series oh, itself is so generic and forgettable that they don't really bother going into too many of the details but yeah um, i mean
0: honestly it's like generic fantasy light novel. I think we've seen the same three scenes repeated (laughs) over and over again. (laughs) No,
1: they had different... They actually went to the trouble of making slightly different scenes, but you still don't see much of them. They're, you know, they're rough sketches, the kinds of things that the uh, voice actors are just sort of acting at. I gotcha. But, uh, no, uh, things wrapped up, and, um, after, uh, you know, going through several of the other characters' arcs, Uh, for a bit. The last few episodes were really uh, all about uh, Chitose finally sort of getting hit in the face by the realization that she's not in fact very special. She got this job because she was lucky and uh, she doesn't really have enough talent to set herself apart from, you know, other people who are actually legitimately passionate about this. But she has something that these other people don't necessarily have. And that is bullheadedness. She's got that in spades. So. It's true. There,
0: there's actually a sequence where Gojo sits down with her and he's like, you are so bad at everything. You don't actually have that much talent. You're really annoying. Your personality is just is so bad. But... You have the tenacity to believe so hard in your lack of talent. And that makes you amazing. And I just sat there and I was cracking up. I was like, thanks, show. This is kind of just, I don't know, this is exactly what I needed. And she's like, really? That's what makes me amazing? Yes, you're right. That's what makes me amazing. I'm so good at being obnoxiously obsessed with my non-existent talent and i was like thanks just thanks thanks and so go- much i mean
1: gojo's just sitting there like i have created a monster haven't i
0: you know <laughs> yeah, what? I, really I think he's happy in, uh... about it in his own way though yeah.
1: because because they go into a little bit uh, just to pick on that a bit more they go into a little bit more of gojo having uh quit being a voice actor before and He basically, he doesn't want to see this girl stop where he did. Doesn't want her to, you know, just give up because he's been down that road. And he figures, like, if there's any chance for her to actually come out the other side of this with any kind of talent or any kind of skill, she can't stop now. She'll never get back into it if she does. So that was, you know, endearing in its own way. But they don't let... They don't let her off the hook. They, it's not like she suddenly magically becomes good, or everyone starts respecting her. It's just that now everyone now everyone has been able to put into words. It's like she's she's so bad, but there's something about her that we just can't quite get rid of. I think uh, there. I think there was an episode. I think there was an episode of um, of all things, uh, Metalocalypse, where they said they said to their bass player, "It's like Murderface." You're a jackass, but this band is too good without you. We need you to come back. <laughs> and that was the <laughs> feeling I got.
0: You know, I I got something a little different from it. My oh. um uh, my my fiance used to be in a band with his brother, one of those like garage band type things and 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 when he stopped and and everyone went off to have a real career, you know, Jimmy Jimmy quit, Joey got married. <laughs> um he he, he told me one time he was like i, I kind of wish I had that inherent narcissism that just let me succeed sometimes the way other just i mean he's he's so talented at the guitar and he he lo- used to look at these people who just aren't that talented but they were making it somehow and he was like I think what you need is that inherent narcissism this just mm. bullheaded sense that you are great and Somehow fake it till you make it. And I think that's what Chitose possesses. And I really like that Gojo didn't have this like stupidly anime, tragic backstory for quitting or anything. It was just like, you know what? I did this once. This industry looked like it was going to swallow me. And I got scared. And I quit. And you know, like, that's so real. Especially in something arts related. It's so easy. I feel like, because I've never been there, it must be easy to get swallowed by that fear.
1: Absolutely. No, it's, I, I mean, I'm in a creative field and it is, there is always this, there's this crippling sense of self-doubt that most of us have at one point or another. Like, why am I here? Am I, you see other people who are clearly, you know, more talented or more dedicated than you are. And even if you're, you know, even if you're perfectly good and, you know, other people who haven't reached your level yet think that you're amazing, there's always that feeling like I shouldn't be here, or I'm yeah, it's like, it's or like, yeah. I have hit, I have hit my peak. Yeah, so yeah. it was re- it was really nice to see that, and the show doesn't completely yeah the show doesn't completely let her off the hook, and I feel it wraps up nicely. I feel it wraps up in a way that uh, there isn't a need for more. I wouldn't say no to more if they decided to make a second season, but I feel that we wouldn't. It would essentially be you know, and the continuing adventures of the cast. It would it, it would have to just be shenanigans because I feel like we've gone through, you know, all of the major character arcs that we need. Probably.
0: So. I mean, I, I think, first of all, I I really enjoyed the show and I do think everyone should check it out because it's quite a surprise. You're really, you're just looking at it and reading about it you're not going to get what it's about and what makes it special. So I I do recommend that everyone give it a try. However, um, the one thing I did feel like it was lacking was I mentioned way in the beginning, probably like podcast one that, I was in it for the voice acting because I have this just inherent weird interest in the world of Seiyuu and how that works. Uh, I do feel like that started to drift quite a bit towards the end. It was really the heart and soul of the show was the characters and that's what it focused on. But if you were in it to like learn a ton about being a Seiyuu or really learn a ton about how anime is made, I don't know that the show really accomplished that. That's fair. Oh, that's too bad.
1: They, they get into, they get into it and they definitely get a lot of details that feel right. I mean, you know we're looking at this from an outsider's perspective, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it feels like a it feels like a good setup for it. and it's all that you need to enjoy the story. but I agree with you. I would have liked there to be a, seeing a little bit more of how the sausage is made rather than some of the more filler e bits that they uh, got in there.
0: I'm honestly okay with it, because I know another show, Shirobako, exists, which is all about how they make an anime, so wow. I, I will probably go check that out at some point. But anyway, yeah, girlish number. It was it was good, and it was not what you expected it to be.
1: Solid. Yeah. Definitely recommend it.
0: Mm. Nice. Agreed. How did the pokos wrap up?
3: Brendan? It, um, They wrapped up. Uh, did
0: anyone discover that kid was a tanuki?
3: Somebody did,
1: Um, it's hard to really describe what happened there.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, Poco freaks out and runs away from the festival where he's, you know, sprouting his tail and unable to, uh, maintain transformation. And then Soda runs after him, and then they they trip out on their collective backstory for a while, but, uh, like, and, and that you know it it has a you know, it, it really brings soda's character together uh and you know how Poco relates to him and and spoilers i guess uh you know Poco sort of returns to the woods after basically expending all of his energy uh that he could use to transform by uh going down memory lane with this guy. Sort of a
1: Pete's Dragon kind of situation.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, <na-> interesting.
1: Now that I have ac- now that I have accomplished what I was here to do—to you know, soothe this person, uh, this person's soul, and kind of set them back on the right path. Now it is time
3: for me to uh...
1: return to where My people. Yeah, or something of that nature.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, but there was that priest guy who was pretty sure that uh he knew what like poco was up to and he was pretty right
2: like he was up to the he was after the fairy godparents and uh not exactly
3: was, well, i mean he... he wasn't like he he was cool with it he oh, okay, was just sort okay. of like curious
2: he's not crocker guy. yeah there's there no, is no
1: antagonist in this show for which i'm somewhat okay. grateful but at the same time it also means that the action is driven almost entirely by circumstance and those circumstances become both a little bit predictable and not very exciting much of the time, but it still accomplishes its goal. It gives you a very, you know, you get a lot of uh, insight into uh, not just the main character, not just into Soda, uh, though he obviously gets the lion's share, um, but into people like uh, his sister and his friend, and just seeing, like, what is it like growing up in these sort of not entirely like I wouldn't call this place the sticks like he calls it that but you know it's just not uh it's not Tokyo it's not a metropolitan center but it's you know still a decent town but uh it really just has nothing for someone who's you know young and excited about new things and so he went off to uh do his own thing leaving you know his family and his friends and all that and as a result doesn't have the connection with them that he wishes he did and especially not with his father. And by the time he sort of realizes that he's drifted so far, it's been too late.
0: Interesting. So, so what are, uh, I mean, you guys talked a lot about the good features of the show, I think throughout these casts. So what are some weaknesses to the show and do you both recommend it? Dan and Brendan?
3: Mm-hmm. Brendan, why don't you go first? I mean, it is a little slow. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. Just... A lot happens that is not terribly exciting. Uh,
2: you guys also made it sound that like the amount of uh, udon in this uh, show was lower than the title might You know, cause you to believe.
3: Right. I mean, we're in udon country, but very little of the show revolves around udon. It seems like it's on the upswing at the very end, but I'm not really sure what the deal with that was because he's still basically a web designer. Yeah, it was an odd. It was an odd way to set it up. Like, if it hadn't been in
1: the title, it might have skated by, but.
2: Right, but this isn't like you know, like Poco's midlife crisis world. Like, yeah, it's, it's Poco's udon world, guys. <laughs>
1: or
3: I think uh, I said it was Udon Country. One of the uh, one of the earlier podcasts. I think it, the full title is more like Udon Country's Golden Furball. Well, he he certainly is that.
2: Well, okay. I mean, then. that would focus it more on the kid. So I guess I could buy that.
3: Yeah, but um... <laughs> who is, by the way, as a uh, as basically a three year old, you know, also not as engaging a character as most people would like i mean he's he's cute but he's got all of the uh you know apparent mental capacity of a normal 3-year-old
0: mm. yeah which oh. makes him hard to relate to as as a viewer
3: right yeah i mean if you're not into kids i mean probably not the show for you
1: <laughs> but like i said like for me it was mostly just you know it was serviceable throughout it was kind it was definitely on the slow side and none of the characters really grabbed me i guess quite as much as uh in as in other shows again i hate to keep coming back to uh sweetness and lightning but it just it did the parent t- it the parent uh child thing so well and there was a lot more of going through you know the good and the bad and the and the child in that was much more much more of an active participant rather than just you know, a method to push the plot forward most of the time. Uh She was act- she was an active participant in it. She it was her it was her decisions or her actions that often drove things or how people her reacted deep, to her.
2: Deep love of a magical girl like transforming pig.
1: Oh yes, that too. <laughs> but you know that again. Sheep sh- might have been a sheep. It was kind of. Both. I think it was a sheep pig. <laughs> yeah, sheep pig. Anywho, <laughs> getting getting back onto uh, Poco, it's. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was a solid, I'd say, you know, 7 out of 10, maybe, uh, kind of uh, kind of show. Not great, but certainly worth your time if you're looking for something relaxing and, uh, you know, that gets a chance to explore some elements of uh,
3: family that you might not see in uh, other shows. Something that makes you feel bad for not calling your parents every couple of weeks? That too. Ah,
2: oh, there you go. Okay, all right.
3: Also, yeah... <laughs> They managed to shoehorn in some sort of local uh, attraction, like every episode. Hmm.
2: Oh, right, because it was, isn't this actually sponsored by, like, Udon Country? K-
3: Kagawa Prefecture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How adorable. Shameless plug.
1: So if you are particularly interested in that one very small part of Japan, then yes, I imagine this might also hold some appeal for you.
3: Most of them are pretty subtle. Like, it's small-time stuff. One of the one is just, like, a reservoir or something, where the a couple of characters spend some time having a long conversation. Uh, and then there's more obvious ones, like, let's go to this cool island, or we're going to a festival that's happen- that happens here annually, or
2: no, stuff like, yeah, like that. Guys, guys, by our mascot character. Like, look at him, he's the best.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little, yeah, gen- generally it is, uh, it's soft edutainment. Doesn't throw it in-, in your face too much, though. Well, advertisement is what I would call entertainment. That is, uh, that is. Buy a better all our
0: playsets and toys. And also,
3: I couldn't shake the feeling that, in addition to uh, putting Kagawa Prefecture out there, it was almost a subtle plea for people in Japan to themselves move back to their hometowns, like reconnect with their parents and run the family business, rather than like keep getting like falling into the abyss of this, uh, Tokyo or whatever. It did. They, definitely. That is a real
2: problem in Japan right now. So right, like
3: you know, go yeah, you know, go back to your roots, raise a family, because Lord knows they're not doing that very uh, as often as they yeah. might be.
0: Yep, that's true. Yeah, there
3: there was definitely kind of a
1: sad, almost almost quiet desperation just in the background of the whole thing. Like it doesn't, it isn't part of the story itself, but it's the subtext that kind of keeps running through it. Like you know, I don't know. Okay. Maybe that was part of what put me off about it. It's like you know, there's success to be found in the big city and all that. Like this guy was actually doing pretty well.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you you also liked the idea last cast that he went through sort mm. of that that midlife crisisy stage that felt very real to you. So it sounds like the show sort of balanced it out. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Not a
3: lot of shows, and not a lot of shows do that. So it's you know kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm.
0: Very it's true. more
1: than
3: just, let's go back and
1: visit here so I remember what my roots are, then I return to wherever I am and complete my character arc. It was actually like, no, going back here is is what helps complete it.
2: Hmm. Cool okay. beans. Yeah. Alright, so how was that march?
0: Uh, March actually took a little bit of a breather this time. Uh, I talked a lot about it last time. So uh, I was we're gonna be talking about episodes 11 and 11.5. So it actually had a recap episode, which I won't talk about at all. For uh, serious? It's pure. It's pure recap. Yeah, the so the I guess the final episode for the core, I would say, because this is a 22 episode show is a complete recap. Um, oh my! Yeah, so that that was fine. Um, but episode eleven is really a soft break from a lot of the drama we've been having with Ray himself. Uh, the Kawamoto sisters make their dramatic reappearance, uh, and you know they just they just take care of Ray. And I think it was a beautiful soft episode. And it, what what came out of it was uh, Ray gets sick, and he just he learns the the value of having people around you that care for you. So. In that way, it was a very nice episode. He's like, oh, no, I'm fine by myself. Like, I don't I don't really need anybody. And at one point, the, the eldest sister, Akari, plugs in his phone and his stepdad has called him six times. And she's like, stop thinking that just because, you know, you live by yourself, you are by yourself. There are so many external forces that care about you. Stop, you know, in a way, stop being so selfish. People care about you. And it's, it's selfish to think that they don't, to ignore their feelings like that. So that was a nice feeling, and, and Ray uh, smiled, like a genuine smile came onto his face for the first time in, in episode 11. So it was, it was a very nice, soft episode, and I think it was a really necessary episode after the the rough ones we've been having. So great show. I'm super excited for what it's uh, going to display in the second half.
2: And this sounds like uh, Call Your Parents Week here.
0: Yep, like that's, it's, it's that's like, two different shows guys me. yeah love your parents it's the holidays um okay so uh i guess i'll before classical loids should end everything always all the drama oh yeah so it's super important I'll, I'll just finish up with flip flappers um flip flappers got a tad bit muddy towards the end uh it you know, it finishes in it, very. You
2: did make uh, it sound like a totally clear show up till now, so this is a total. Yeah, finish. it's it's yeah, it was everything.
0: You know, everything was so crystal clear. No, I mean it's it's been a fusion show the whole way, like, but fusion in a sense that it's grabbing a lot of very blatant influences. But I I really had a sense of what the show was, I think trying to to do, and it was doing it very, very cleverly, and at the very end, I think it goes too hard into the very classic Magical Girl type of ending and I almost feel like they they derail some of the big themes they were hinting at this entire time. In the end it's just this montage of of pictures and a lot of characters that were doing stuff as we overlook what's happening and Coconut and Poppy are just flying happily through the sky in classic Magical Girl sense because the power of friendship and love came through and I was like Okay, Sounds like somebody
2: ran out of budget. No, no,
0: I mean, the show looks gorgeous start to finish, don't get me wrong. It looks pretty, everything comes through in the end. It ends in a very classical, magical-girl way, so I don't have any complaints about that, per se. It's it's almost hard to describe without watching the show, but there was this huge theme of choice that was really coming up in the show. The idea that, like, Coconut was just drifting through life... And a lot of what Pure Illusion symbolized was a sense of choice. And they were digging very, very deep into the idea late that uh, some of the choices she was making in Pure Illusion was actually influencing the outside world. And it was a metaphor for choice being scary because you're never quite sure what's going to come out in the end. And I mean, those kinds of big things. And there was this crazy backstory that was feeding everything. And towards the end, I mean, stuff was just happening wildly and crazily. And I was like... I mean, I guess I'll go along with this ride because we need to end this in a Magical Girl way, but it, it got kind of muddy, it lost its very deep sense of purpose, and it ended just fine, but honestly, just fine was weak for what the show was doing the whole time. So that's how good I thought the show was, that when it ends in a... Uh, just fine, sort of way. I was like, no, 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 no. That's no. Come on. So, I highly recommend this show, though, even just for the sense of looking at it visually. It's it's a stunning show to watch visually, and it's it's so much fun to look at the influences. You're like, wow, this is. I mean, everything from one of the lines is actually where's the third child. And I was like, hi, Ava, how's it going? And, like, they go down this bending corridor of just, like, red light, flashing light rooms. And I was like, okay, we've officially arrived at Nerve. But, you know, (laughs) it looks exactly like Ava to things that are, you know, very subtly pulled out of Utna To things that are subtly pulled out of Ghibli. To things that are pulled out of Trigger. Like, there's so many neat influences to pull from. So, it's an amazing show. I highly recommend it. Uh, Just... The endings, eh? It's it's okay. Could have been stronger, but great show. Definitely the dark horse of the of twenty sixteen. Nice. Wow. Very good. So, he wants to talk about Lords.
2: Oh man, classicaloids! Oh, I do not think man. it would be a stretch to say that episode twelve of classicaloids ruined everything. <laughs>
3: like- how is it?
0: Listen, it's How do you because. Go How do you ruin a
3: garbage fire?
0: It's because.
1: <laughs> it's because. Go ahead, Sue.
0: Box speaks real words. He started words.
2: talking. Oh. It was
0: so bad. Oh. Actually, the only really thing we wanted
2: was he... for him to just talk music language. That was
0: my whole goal of the show. And at one point, it's really funny <laughs> because he does <laughs> it. And, like, clasky clasky looks at each other and they go, he's speaking real words. I don't know what to do. It's like, they <laughs> know that this is terrible.
2: And you know what though, he is still the best character in he that show. He's
0: undeniably the best character in like, that show. Even think... in
2: w- even when talking in full sentences, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Bach, yeah, thumbs up.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he's he's such a great character, and I think his transformation is undeniably the best. He like, you know, he gets everything right, and then these like aviator goggles appear, and then this giant wig falls out falls of the out sky, of and he puts it on his head, and he's like, battle <laughs> like ready. A crown. And you're oh. like, yes, everything is fabulous, like, right now.
2: Uh, but, like, the remix of Toccata and Fugue was awful. Oh, like, yes. That, that wasn't Heavens. good at all.
0: It was so bad.
2: Uh, so, I, I guess you can... It, so, we, we know now that it's going to continue. Like, there's another half of this somehow. <sighs> uh, but it was sort of a midpoint. Like, basically, like, the what it, for various contrived reasons, Beethoven and Mozart are going to... Like, they try to... I don't know, get lessons or like become part of the organization that, that Bach runs without knowing it's the organization Bach runs by accident. Like it it's just <laughs> contrivance, like it doesn't matter. And uh, they end up being like, I hate all of the rigidity that comes with having to make music, you know, with people that train you and there's budgets and all this other nonsense. And like, you have to appeal to a certain audience and we hate that. Uh, so we're going to rebel against it. And uh, they end up fighting Bach at the end. Who's like, you know, you, you children, like, how can you possibly make music without constraints? Like, true freedom is an illusion, etc etc et cetera. I mean, it wasn't a bad lesson. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it but... was
0: it was a nice change for them to actually go back to talking about music instead of, like, whatever that horrible episode was where Kanade couldn't go on vacation. Like, that episode gives me oh, nightmares. <laughs> you make me
2: sad. You make me sad again. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. Don't, ladies night, ladies night, remember.
2: Ladies night, yeah, yeah, much better.
0: So... It's, uh, you know, it was nice to actually get back to something music related in a real way, not whatever garbage they're always throwing at you. But at the same time, I mean, it was it ruined everything that I wanted from Bach. And I mean, on the whole, the whole episode is contrived and they like pseudo music battle. It all just felt so dumb.
2: The music battle, like, Bach's, like, by the way, I'm the father of music. Like, this battle's over when I say it is, and then it was.
0: Yeah, he just he just <laughs> steamrolls them. They get totally <laughs> wrecked. Like, they're so wrecked, they end up in their normal clothes. Like, he blows their conductor's outfits, like, clean off them, and they end up in normal clothes, and they're like, oh, my gosh, he's so powerful. I mean, if nothing else, it was great to see Bach, like, punch a bunch of emperor penguins in the face. Like, that um, was kind of funny. did happen. Yeah, because well, that's...
2: Because, you know, Beethoven, Beethoven plays Beethoven, the opera, yeah. suite and, like, and Penguins come out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, Emperor yeah. Like Penguins time when they, they
2: beat up that giant
0: rat. Yeah, and they're like, da-da! And like Bach is just like, heck no! And, you know, it, he just stops that nonsense. So I
2: think perhaps the most depressing part is, like, you know, they had this interesting thing about how do you create music and you have to have limitations and Like, you can't just have freedom and unlimited resources. But his, like, Bach basically visits Kanai in her house and, like, sees where the lights have been living. And his conclusion is... Hmm. Somehow living in a Japanese style, like sort of dorm situation, is the perfect atmosphere to create music and have these these people grow as musicians.
0: Oh,
1: hell no! Like,
0: yeah, that's that's really? the finale. That's
3: the takeaway. Like, that's the, really takeaway.
0: That's the lesson. Heavens.
2: The lesson here is like seriously, just move in in some Japanese dorm. You'll be a great musician. at The end.
0: Yeah, exactly. As long as you have a
2: landlady who keeps yelling at you, like you have to have some limits, and and her yelling at you is enough limits. Like, that's yeah. The oh uh. my gosh.
0: You know what I think is, is killing me the most is really that I sometimes, like, I'll read about how the season is going for other people, and, like, Scott, this show, like, a lot of people love this show. What? Do so they? What? Yes, Dan. Yes, they do, and I don't understand it at all, because it, like,
1: I am incredulous. infuriates
0: me. Like, it's painful to watch at certain points. It's so stupid. And I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like one of those, you know, get off my lawn moments. Get off my lawn! Yeah. Oh, i will proudly wear
1: that banner if it's what it takes
0: <laughs> it's such a it's such a stupid show and whatever we're in it for the long haul scott we're gonna make it
2: yeah we are like we mean it now We i'm not sure if we're gonna talk about it you know next next season when we do our podcast because you know there's other shows but believe you me we're gonna finish this thing hmm. yes we'll probably, we are we'll probably mention how it goes about at it, least.
0: if nothing else than in a bonus track about classic yeah. i
1: don't know if i'm excited but uh i am certainly anxious to hear how it concludes
2: that's a good word.
0: No worries, Dan. So It'll make you'll, you'll hear all about it.
1: I'm <laughs> sure I will.
0: Aw, <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: All right. All right, guys. I, that about covers it, right?
0: It really does. Yeah, good,
2: good
1: season, everyone.
0: Good season, everyone. Turned out much better than than I thought it was going to be. So thank you so much for following along with us. It's yeah. been a blast. Right. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Tell
2: us what you guys thought of the season. Do we miss anything awesome? Do we miss anything terrible? Let us know.